everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sounds Like Sam. I'm your host, Sam, and if you haven't already, go subscribe to my podcast wherever you get your podcast from. It's available on all platforms, but if you do specifically listen on Apple Podcasts, love it if you went and wrote a review, uh, rated the show five stars if you liked it. But anyways, uh, today's episode is going to be about the NFL as well as the college football playoffs and uh, talking about the winner and... uh, Gonna be comparing the the 2019 LSU national champions to this year's champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. Which congrats, congratulations to them. They played a heck of a game versus TCU. Uh, starting off with the NFL news, because I think that's more, I think relevant to this podcast uh, than college football is. But basically, there were a lot of games this week where matchups mattered, and there was a lot of contention for making and breaking teams' playoff hopes and runs. So, uh, starting off with uh, Chiefs versus Raiders. Chiefs basically blew out the Raiders, 31-13. Titans versus Jaguars, close game on Saturday night. Jaguars end up coming up big with a TD to put them ahead in the fourth quarter versus the Titans. Joshua Dobbs started for the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry had a, a good game, 30 rushes for over 100 yards. But it just wasn't enough to get them to the playoffs, and man, I was really rooting for the Titans, but I totally understand it from a Jags fan's perspective, and Jags, shout out to Jags fan Jay, made the playoffs, baby, good for you, shout out to Trevor Lawrence, he, uh, he's a good game manager, did a good job, but Jags are in the playoffs, good for them, that'll be interesting to see, uh, I believe they play the Chargers first round, we'll get to that in a little bit, next off is the Browns versus Steelers, now, Brown, uh, Browns could have spoiled the Steelers' hopes of making the playoffs by beating the Steelers, but what do you know? It Steelers went and whooped the Browns 28 to 14. Najee Harris left a touchdown on the table, but I mean, still blew out the Browns, so that's a pretty good day. Unfortunately, Steelers did not make the playoffs, but it wasn't their own fault. It was actually the Jets' fault. So uh, next is going to be Ravens Bengals. Bengals basically controlled the game the entire time, being the Ravens 27 to 16. Next off, Vikings clobbered the Bears, 29-13. Bears actually secured a uh, the, the first overall pick in next year's draft, which is huge for them. I heard on PF, the PFT podcast, or wait, is it P, pardon? Oh, the PMT, pardon my take podcast. They were saying that next to winning the Super Bowl, getting the first round overall pick is uh, the next thing that you... Next best thing that you could do besides winning the Super Bowl. And, I mean, I kind of agree with that. Although, I think if you get any of the top three picks, it's pretty good. I mean, obviously, if you have the first round pick, you you have your whole board to choose from. But if, like, you're the Bears, like, you could have gone with, like, oh, number the number two spot. And, because uh, they're, they're not going quarterback. There's no way. Justin Fields is too good. He They, they need to surround him with, with weapons. They need to bulk up their offensive line. They can't allow any more sacks on him. So it's definitely going to be good for them, whether they go. I don't know if they'd really find a receiver in the first overall pick. Um, But, oh my god, why is my mom texting me this late? (laughs) Anyways, um, uh, yeah, they they need weapons around him. They need offensive linemen. They need defensive players. So it'll be a good pick for them, but I think... Don't necessarily agree that, you know, it's the second best overall thing. I think probably second best would be just making the Super Bowl. 
I'm like making it and maybe not winning it, but if you make it that far, you mean you're pretty close. So, uh, next game I'm going to talk about Patriots Bills. That was the game I mostly watched this weekend, and this was a game that also had implications for both the Patriots and the Steelers because if the Bills beat the Patriots, the Steelers had the possibility of moving on, but if the Patriots beat the Bills, Patriots would have the upper hand, and they would have needed the uh, Jets to beat the Dolphins, and uh, but that didn't happen because and Bills won. That game was also crazy because, uh, well, shout out to Demar Hamlin. Hopefully he's doing well. I talked about him in my last episode and what happened to him, and uh, that he should be in your thoughts and prayers. And you know th- those thoughts and prayers really worked out because not only for him but that game like. It was incredible. First, very first play, I kid you not, uh, Naheem Hines runs back the football from, I believe, like 106 yards to the house. And then not only that, but he does that again in the second half of the game as well, which is just mind-blowing. And the fact that this happened uh, three years and three months, that was the last time that they had a kick return touchdown, is incredible. And it just shows you, like just the craziness and that you know there's weird weird coincidences and maybe that wasn't a coincidence but it it was very special it was a special moment for Bills fans and you could tell that hyped them up and uh, I will say this about the Bills I don't I I actually think DeMar has actually brought them even closer together as a team and this is going to be a scary team going into the, the playoffs they aren't going to be they, they don't have a bye, so they are going to keep playing but because they're not in first place. But they're going to be a scary team to face. They have a chip on their shoulder. It's a very high pro- prolific offense. The only thing I think that could deteriorate them is uh, Josh Allen has been throwing a lot of INTs. So he needs to be careful about that. And uh, playmakers just need to step up make big plays. Hopefully that run attack gets, uh, gets going again. Uh because maybe that's like the only kind of weakness, even though they've honestly been running the ball really well with Singletary and James Cook and Josh Allen. So it's a pretty good trio of running back slash quarterback to help you run the ball. So uh, that was a huge game and uh, big, big moment in that game. Jets-Dolphins. Uh, Jets, you... Oh, yeah, yeah. The only game I need you to win, you come up and lose. So thanks a lot, Jets. Zach, I always forget his name. I have no idea why. I Literally, it's like every time I try to think of his name, it takes me like 10 seconds to remember Zach Wilson's name. Everybody thought he was like like a god when everybody knew that he was like doing his mom's friend. And then, and now he's like, now Jets fans are like, they were like, oh my god, like we have this cool guy like who, who does his mom's friend. That's like cool. And then, even though it's like super weird, it's like, Kind of like a weirdo thing to do, and he's like more big. Not not that being Mormon has anything to do with it, but it's just it's just like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> like, what are you doing? That like I kind of got the the discussion started of like, oh man, can't wait to have him as my quarterback. And now like everybody realizes like, wow, this guy really sucks. And people were even talking about him being possibly like a top three biggest bust pick in NFL draft history because he was. I believe the second overall pick for the Jets. And that's a whole nother tangent, but I'm just going to say real quick that for teams moving on in, in the future, 
you do not need to get a quarterback with your very first pick. There's other people you can do. It's been proven, I think, in my opinion, that offensive linemen, if you pick good ones, are way more valuable than a quarterback. If, uh, but it real, I guess it really depends. But I wouldn't go all out on like guys like Zach Wilson anymore because you real. I mean, obviously, like you don't really know what you're gonna get. But it just, he's almost like it's almost like a Johnny Manziel, like Baker Mayfield effect, where you know, like they can win games, but like they just they and they have like speed in college, but that speed doesn't translate. And then when they have to rely on their throwing ability because and shoots them in the foot. Because then they're like, oh, well, we actually don't really have a rushing quarterback. We need a real pocket passer or a guy who can stand in there, take hits. And, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks aren't that type of player. And it's a lot of these guys, at least recently, who are just big-bodied guys who, you know, maybe they aren't like crazy, uh, like they're not crazy talented, crazy recruited, but they they're they're able to get coached and when they're they're coached in the NFL and gain that experience then they become good and I also think to just take a little bit of time like they need to be in the right system need to be with the right coach that really fits to them but I I, I don't know I just feel like I'm not super high on drafting quarterbacks yeah you might need one but it's more valuable for you to build your offensive line first and then just wait until, like, you need a guy, but then you can just, like, shop for, for a guy, you know, who's been around, so. I don't know. We'll we'll see how that works out, but that was my take on that quarterback thing. Anyways, uh, tangent, tangent much. Buccaneers, Falcons. Falcons actually blow out the, the Buccaneers. It wasn't, like, a huge game for the Bucs, but considering that they are the, the playoff team for the NFC South, I think they're, like, 8-9? That's pretty bad. And honestly, all year they've been playing, like, duty. So, it's not surprising. It wouldn't surprise me if they get out of the first round. Uh, Panthers, Saints. Panthers actually beat the Saints. And that was, like, lowest scoring game of the week, basically. 10-7 to with, uh, I think, Sam Darnold threw, like, a 23-yard pass to Terrence, Terrence Marshall Jr. for to get them in field goal range and put them ahead. So, that was pretty cool. Texans-Colts, this was a big game because if the Texans beat the Colts, then that would mean that the Bears would get the first overall pick. And it actually happened, and it was, they, they did it in a uh, high fashion, too. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but they did they got the they got the job done, basically. Uh, like with, I think, a minute left in the game, throws a, throws a touchdown to, to Jordan Atkins to uh, put them get them to be able to be like one point under the Colts. And then they ended up going for two. And I believe it was Mills throws to uh, Jordan Atkins again and gets the two-point conversion, beats the Colts. So I would be really surprised. I I know Lovey Smith got fired. I would not be surprised if Jeff Saturday gets fired like really soon. He just really hasn't done that good of a job. I know he hasn't had any previous head coaching experience. But it's pretty obvious, like, the team needs help more than an unexperienced guy uh, can bring to the table. So, they're going to hire somebody else for sure. No doubt in my mind. They're going to be a different team moving forward. 
hopefully Texans can get there. It's a good way to end it for the Texans for their year, but that's definitely a disappointing season for them. Cardinals, 49ers. This was J.J. Watt's final game. 49ers end up blowing out uh, Cardinals 30-13. to Brock Purdy gets the job done for the 49ers. And, I mean, I talked about this on my other podcast, Island 543. As much as and as good as Brock Purdy has been, to me, I don't think he's going to... Like, I don't care what the 49ers are, if their defense is fantastic. Yeah, that's great. But I think when it comes to the playoffs, it's going to come down to experience and playoff experience. And I, I think it the moment might might be too big for Brock Purdy. Now, I know this is this is honest. For some reason, it's going to be a hot take, basically, that I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be do that great in the postseason when everybody thinks he will because he's putting up good numbers in regular season. But, I mean, let's be real. They just played the, the Cardinals, who weren't that good. Uh, they played the Rams, who were who weren't really good. He hasn't really put up that good of, like, throwing numbers. I'm, I mean, yeah, he's rushed the ball and looked fast and, you know, hasn't thrown too many INTs. But playoff time, it's going to be different. And I don't think him being a rookie is going to take them very far. I don't think they're going to make the, the Super Bowl. I'd be surprised if make it past two games in the playoffs. That's my hot take, even though it shouldn't because no rookie has ever won the Super Bowl. Maybe he could be the first, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Sorry, sorry, 49er fans. Coming up on the Cowboys Commanders. Commanders really put the rails on the Cowboys um, with Sam Howell starting at quarterback. That's not a good sign for the Cowboys. Dak kind of didn't play that well. He needs to play better if they're going to win. He's kind of all they got. I don't, I don't think they should start Cooper Rush, but like Dak leads the league in interceptions. You you really th- and you know he made like some a crucial mistake versus the Jags. Uh, to to lose that game, I just don't think he's gonna be able to to pull them through and get them to that next level. Rams versus Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks win in overtime versus the Rams. Jalen Ramsey played a great game up until that last hit on Gino where it gave up like 15-yard penalty. Really let him try a field goal even though they missed it, I think. So, yeah, it was a good game, but I don't think Baker played very well and it ended up being a carry-on... Wait, no, not carry-on Johnson. What's his name? I can't remember his name, but he's a, the rookie running back for the Seahawks. He played really well. Yeah, Seahawks win that. They're moving on. They actually get a spot in the playoffs. Um, next game is going to be uh, Giants-Eagles. Eagles beat the Giants 22-16. to Jalen Hurts returns. Uh, Giants had a slight chance, but they had to return an onside kick. Uh, other big news, I guess Kenny Galladay was like his first reception touchdown the whole entire season, and they were paying him like a lot of money, I think. So that was kind of big news that he actually did something in the game. Chargers, Broncos. Broncos actually won the game. Surprisingly, the Broncos are actually starting to find a groove towards the end of the season. Of course, they don't have head coach Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, they don't have Nathaniel Hackett anymore. Been playing better recently. They they almost beat the Bronc. Uh, they almost beat they almost beat the Chiefs the other week. They beat the Chargers this week, who is a, technically a Super Bowl contender. Biggest news uh, besides Broncos actually being the Chargers was that the Chargers had some big injuries with Joey Bosa going down 
and Mike Williams going down, that's not good for their playoff hopes. They play the Jaguars uh, in the in the playoffs, and it'll be interesting to see who who plays and who doesn't. Now, uh, Lions Packers. This was a big game because if the Packers won won this game, they were heading into the playoffs, and the Lions spoil it for them. Good for them. I I mean, this is the first time. Lions have been over 500. It's the first time they've had a 4,000-yard passer, 2,000-yard rusher. They're going places. I love the way their offense is going. I've, I said it before in the year uh, that this was a, a, an outside heater team, and they really played to that this year. I think they could get better next year. I don't know that they could go. F- I don't know if they would go for a quarterback, but they have a great offensive line. They gro- got great weapons. You know, uh, uh, they're back. Uh, Jamal Williams has been a beast for them. Had was a touchdown machine. Had 17 touchdowns on the season, and uh, had over a thousand yards. Almond St. Brown had over 100 catches this year. They they got a lot of good things going for their offense, and it could get a lot better. And I'm excited to see them play. And you know, Jared Goff's taken the Rams to the Super Bowl. He took them there, and he was a part of some a big team with them. And he he could be a part of another big team. And actually. Outside, this is an outside take, but he could take the Lions to a Super Bowl. That is uh, probably the biggest hot take of the entire podcast episode, but that's truly what I think. Is I think they're good. I think next year they're gonna be very much better. They just need if, all they need to improve is their defense. Alrighty, uh, now my other conversation for this week, I guess, could be really quickly the the playoff schedule. So right now. Uh, the two teams on by are going to be the Chiefs and the Eagles. It's going to be Seahawks 49ers, Chargers Jaguars, Dolphins Bills, Giants Vikings, Ravens Bengals, Cowboys Buccaneers. All right, I'm just going to go down the list and say who I think is going to win. 49ers win. I'm going to say Jacksonville wins if they don't have Mike Williams. If they do have Mike Williams. Actually, no, I take that back. Chargers are going to win no matter what. Uh... I'm going to say Bills are going to win versus the Dolphins. Vikings are going to beat the Giants. Bengals are going to beat the Ravens. Cowboys are going to beat the Bucks. And then I'm going to say Bengals are going to go all the way win the Super Bowl this year. Hot take. Alrighty. Is that enough hot take? This is a hot take episode. Man. So you're, you're getting a real treat this episode. I don't usually drop this many opinions um, in one episode. So you're welcome. Uh, next segment in this episode is actually going to be regarding the national championship game. Now, this year, they had two great semifinal games with the Georgia Bulldogs taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes and the TCU Horn Frogs taking on the Michigan Wolverines. Fantastic games. I personally think that Michigan was the better team and should have played um, they should have played. They should have been in the the finals. I don't think they would have won, but I think it would have. That's what it should have been. And if you watch that semifinal game, like the second half, they they were outscoring the the TCU and Horn Frogs, and TCU just barely kept it in front of them. But they were were able to to catch in, make it all the way to the playoffs, and and Georgia was able to to come in and. Versus the Buckeyes, beat them pretty uh, slimly, actually, um, with a, a late 
missed field goal by the Ohio State Buckeyes. It was this national championship game might have been the worst national championship I've ever seen, and uh, that would be up there with it almost would be tied with the LSU versus Alabama game in I believe 2013. That was horrible, especially being an LSU fan. I I don't think I I wore my LSU sweatshirt or jacket uh, hoodie every single game after they lost that game to Alabama. I did not wear my hoodie for two months. I felt so ashamed. That was like the first like true fan moment where I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. But if I was a TCU fan, man, I'd be like bummed because they, the Georgia Bulldogs made them look like bums. They 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 made them look so bad. They made the Big 12 look bad. They made the committee look bad. 65-7. to 7. Now let me repeat that. 65-7. to 7. Horrendous. I actually stopped at halftime because it was so bad. It was 38-7 to 7 the first half. Georgia put in their, their second string teamers and they were even beating up on TCU's first stringers. I mean, yeah, it's easier to kick a man when he's down, but like, man, that was a bad game. It was just like, if you went to the, I mean, I know one of my friends, Nick, he did go to the game and he got great seats, honestly. I think he sat in like section club 135, which are very good seats. But man, that's a rough game to go to. It just is a once, it was a lopsided game. And to me, I truly believe that Alabama should have been at least the top four team because if you're losing your championship game like TCU did, they didn't, even if their record was better than Alabama's, the, the committee clearly didn't see like what Alabama did in, in their, their games because they only lost by one point, I believe, in both games that they lost. And Alabama does not lose usually more than one game a season, let alone two. They lost two this year. Committee said they lose two. They're out. But they honestly should have been in because they were the better team. For TCU to lose their, their championship game and to get in is so bad. Enough about that. My debate here was going to be, it, who is better? The 2022 Georgia Bulldogs or the 2019 LSU football team? And uh, I, I went ahead and uh, put some stats out there. Not only from uh, both of their national championship games, but I wanted to compare their seasons as well. It's going to be very quick. Who do I think is the better team? Along with my bias of LSU, I truly believe with the evidence that I have that the LSU team from 2019 was superior, milestones superior and better than this Georgia team. Here's my evidence. One, let's take a look at the 2019 championship game versus uh, where LSU took on Clemson Tigers. Clemson was an undefeated team, was 14-0 in their regular season, won their semifinal game, and they were technically the number two team in the country. LSU, also 14-0 going into the game, but they, they, they also beat every single team, including Alabama, to advance to the championship game, and they crushed Oklahoma that year. And that was with Jalen Hurts. So this is what Joe Burrow and company did with the LSU Tigers in that championship game where they faced a undefeated team. They had Joe Burrow throw for 463 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. 
to compare that to what Stetson Bennett did on Georgia in the championship game, he threw 304 yards and four touchdowns, zero interceptions. The number one receiver for the Georgia Bulldogs this year was Brock Bowers, which honestly looked phenomenal, but he went seven for 152 yards and a touchdown. Second best was Ladd McConkie, went five receptions for 88 yards, two touchdowns. Now, LSU wide receivers in 2019, Justin Jefferson, nine receptions, 106 yards, and then Jamar Chase, nine receptions, 221 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, so they clearly, I mean, they passed the ball more, and maybe, oh, they, they didn't run that well. Well, no, they actually, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire ran for 16 rushes for 110 yards. Let's just remember that Justin Jefferson was the number one wide receiver <laughs> this year, and uh, is like the fastest player ever to 4,000 yards. And uh, Jamar Chase is also a top, I would say, five receiver in the NFL at the moment. And this is the National Football League. And uh, and then let's just look at the defense for the, the LSU Tigers. They had Patrick Queen, Derek Stingley, Christian Fulton, Grant Delpit. Those are like their, their big players. They are all starting in the NFL. I mean, I don't know. I don't believe that Georgia will have that many, but they, they might have a similar amount. Uh, anyways, getting to the points for the season. Points for for Georgia, 551 for the season. Points per game, 39.4 for Georgia. Points against, 207. Great defense for Georgia. Offense putting up a lot of points. But compared to LSU, for the season, LSU put up 726 points, 48.4 points per game, and they allowed 32, er, 328 points for the season. Considering everything, uh, and then they also held uh, guys like T. Higgins to three yards, I mean three receptions for 52 yards, held Travis Etienne for 15 carries, 78 yards, and a touchdown. So, obviously, we I don't have future Bulldogs are going to do in the NFL. I'm sure they're going to do great. But just pointing out like what LSU did versus their championship game to Georgia and their season, at least offensively, offensively, I would say LSU is 100% or I would say LSU is way is a much better team than Georgia. Defensively, I think this year's team for Georgia was definitely very good, very and much better than LSU's was. But LSU's was very good. So I think just if you lump the two together, uh, points the points differential between the two uh, was three hundred ninety eight. For LSU to 344, and that's the difference between their total offense and uh, for points for and then points against. Georgia's with 344, so LSU's was higher. I'm actually not exactly sure if that's better or not, but to me it to me it is. But uh, again, I just think what LSU did was way bigger, and offensively they were like way too good. That passing offense was like NFL caliber, literally, because they had two top five wide receivers to work with and a top three quarterback in the NFL now on their team. So I'm sure Stetson Bennett, Lyle McConkey, Brock Bowers, they're going to do great things in the future. But to me, nobody's going to beat that LSU offense. Too good. And if I think they, they did go and play each other, 2019 LSU would have won. Thank you for joining me in this episode. Uh, I really appreciate it. If you haven't already, go subscribe to the podcast. Rate this podcast five stars if you can. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, uh, sounds like Sam Podcast on Instagram or uh, Bullseye Fantasy one at gmail.com. And uh, peace.